It's time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the room, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. We're broadcasting live <laughs> once again from Theo Luis's garage because that's how we roll, folks. Because we're going to give you your weekly twin spective <laughs> and now your twin, what is it? Twin dose <laughs> of uh, Angel and Jose. You get coming up with some weird, weird, uh, you know, what, what do you call them? idioms, dude? Uh, it's kind well, of last week we had uh, Mary Harris, who shared her uh, uh, producer from NBC. Who shared her story on idosing? It was a fantastic show, really cool show. But before we get there, we want to thank you guys for t- t- tuning in <laughs> once again. My mother jumped the gun. I like to start the show with saying, "Here we are again. We're so glad you're joining us again." Remember, you could always come to our website at twintalkcast.com or friend us on Facebook at Twin Talk Show and on Twitter Twin Talk Show. And because we're i twins, you can also uh, podcast us on iTunes. iTunes just search Twin Talk with Jose and Angel and we are broadcasting live on the largest internet work, network in the world, Live 365. Now listen, we have a great show coming up tonight, but like my brother was saying, our last show was fantastic. First of all, we took last week off because it was a holiday weekend, holiday week. Oh man. And and uh and then it was last awesome. Friday the the uh, holidays was yeah. awesome, but yeah. I get back Friday. But remember, our last show was so cool. You got to check it out. Go to our webpage, and it's called um, I Do Sing. Don't Bogart, bro. Uh, uh, Why'd you name it that, eh? (laughs) I thought it was funny. Don't Bogart, I say. It's an old saying. (laughs) But, you know, our friend, Emmy Award winning television producer Mary Harris joined us and talked about a really disturbing, what I think is a disturbing fad called I Do Sing, where kids are getting high. Just with the iPod earphones. It's really interesting. It was pretty dope. And uh, we had a surprise call from Colleen Williams. Uh, uh, she's been number one anchor here in the L.A. area in NBC L.A. Legendary anchor. Legendary anchor Colleen Williams. Show. That's how in. we roll, eh? <laughs> it was a great show. Um, really cool. Check it out. Go to TwinTalkCast.com and, and download it or stream it and listen to it. And we had our current events with Josie and, of course, the Chill Lounge at the end of the show and every show. Make sure you stay till the end. Listen, uh, today's show is going to be really something. Now, we here at, at Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, not only do we like to entertain, but we inform. And we care. We care about the bees. Hey, did you know that I'm allergic to bees? Uh, yes, of course Of I course you knew, knew that. <laughs> I guess he means everybody in the Honey, where's the bees? Today we're gonna have Mariam Hinane. She's a director and producer of Vanishing the Bees. It's a kick ass documentary. You guys you guys gotta see it if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix or just go to the website. Um and after that we're Vanishing also, the Bees, what's it about? Uh well, uh colony disorder. Uh algo like that. <laughs> you mean bee colony. No, it's uh C C D. 
uh, <laughs> colony collapse disorder. And uh, I guess the bees are vanishing, and that's what they're talking about. Yes, and it's a, it's you Why? know. When you, <laughs> Why should we care? But what a great, what a great! It's narrated by Juno herself, Ellen Page, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes you know I'm allergic to bees, and now I want to have like a like a hive because they're they're really cool <laughs> little creatures, man. Uh, so we'll talk to Miriam Hinane, who was a director and producer of that awesome. Uh, Josie was going to say something. What do you want to say, Josie? I was just going to ask if all the bees were like on strike occupying, <laughs> and so they like refuse to produce honey. Or something. That might be, eh? They're occupying right now. So uh, go ahead, brother. And then after that, we're going to have the uh, initial instigator of the label GMO Foods California Ballot Initiative, mm-hmm. and she's the founder of Labels GMOs. LabelGMOs.org. It's the official grassroots campaign for the right to know. Her name is Pam Larry. She's pretty cool. What's a GMO, dude? Well, we'll ask her, and we'll ask her what what the California Ballot Initiative, but also, you know, why? She's she's a uh, uh, cool cool chick over from Chico, California. Is that gangsters and marketing she cares. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Does that's it have the, anything to do with? That's with, the black with, black market version of does it. Does it have to do anything with GNP, like gross national product? Genetic modified organism <laughs> foods. Okay, they're 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 genetically modifying our foods, and we don't even know. Okay, that's why a lot of people don't know about it. So the Calib- right. California Ballot Initiative is all, all right. about labeling because. Don't you want to know what you put in your mouth? Uh, yes. Uh, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, that's today. And we also have an awesome premiere on our musical break. It's also along the lines of uh, today's theme about caring about the environment and our health. And so since we're stick, caring, because listen, around for that. it is that time of year. Um, uh, the holidays uh, always bring on a, the, a sense of giving. And uh, we're going to have a quick phoner with our, one of our previous guests, a rock and roll star and the ambassador of the Sunset Strip, Mr. Willie Bass. He's going on tour on a benefit tour to Feed America. Go to his webpage. It's called Feed America Na- Feed America Dash Now. Org. Listen, everybody gives at this time of year. I understand this is a unique way to give to people because you know what? There's actually people starving in the U.S. too. Rock and roll for the uh, starving, man. So, uh, so he's going to be uh, talking to us about his tour. Hey, I'm he's pretty hungry up. right now too. Eh? <laughs> I made dinner and I didn't even have like a bite only. So you know what? Because um, you're all, get over here already. Well, anyways, of course we're going to have... We're going to have Jonesy um, here as well, right? Jonesy, you're going to be doing the current events. Yes, I am. So uh, stay tuned because no one does. And at the end, the chill lounge. So make sure you stick for the chill lounge. And listen. um, So you can chill. Please do because my brother gets all butt hurt. Anyway. No, man. I'm chill, man. Now it's time for my brother's shout outs, eh? (laughs) I got a shout out to Mara Prado. Mara Prado in the, the culinary arts program over in Burbank High School is putting together a gourmet food truck fundraiser. Six food trucks, eh? Uh, Argentinian food, sushi food, barbe- uh, barbecue, Middle Eastern, Mexican-American, y más, eh? Gourmet y más. food truck. ¿Qué más quieres? When is this food truck there? It's, uh, it's next Tuesday, December 6th from 430 to to 8.30 p.m. at Burbank High School. Uh, if you want more information, call Mara Prado at 818-558-4700, uh, extension 51940, and Andre, the singer of The Beautiful Project, which is a cool-ass band out of uh, Europe, 
uh, is going to be there giving away some of their CDs. Uh, so catch it next week and go to the Burbank High School website and Facebook for more information. Uh, I was also want to say hello to Erin. Uh, she was our signature gathering trainer uh, yesterday. And the rest of the peeps, hey, we're going to do this. I can't wait. Uh, Corey Muniz. Muniz? Muniz. Muniz. Uh, Corey, what's up? It's, it's a real pleasure to meet you. And uh, we'll be in touch. Hey, I can't hear my mic. I mean, my... Uh... Turn it up. Turn it up. <laughs> Go ahead. Give your shout outs. Anyhow, um, uh, Alondra Lepe. Hey, tell, tell our primo, uh, Marco Antonio, que no se chivea, man. Uh, Bill Rice, hey, uh, let's talk soon, and it, tell me, uh, teach me how to uh, pronounce your Native American name, all right, Holmes? James McIntosh. Hey, please, Holmes, give a big hug to Grandma Rose, and thanks for listening. Uh, MJ Mardanian, Ronnie Palomo, and uh, Veronica Hassis over in Katy, Texas. Uh, we miss you guys. Thanks for listening. Sandy De Leon, Sandy Leon De Vasquez, and uh, John Midget, eh, from the other station. Hey, can I say something? John, sure. John Midget? John Midget used to be our engineer from the other station, and the guy rocked. The guy knew how to roll and rock and kick butt, so. We miss you, John. We miss you, John. You know what? We're sorry you associated with that station, but we still love you. Puro Midget, Anyhow, the uh, um, shout-outs were brought to you by Express Cuts. Wait up. Before you do, I got a shout-out, bro. Okay, go for it. Listen, I, you mentioned Texas, okay? I was in Texas last week. I went to Paris, Texas, and um, I had some really cool mitts. Uh, Texas rocks. Okay, I want to give a shout-out to my girl, Hannah Brazier, who was the manager at the Hampton Inn where I, where I stayed at. Thanks so much for hooking me and, and my producer with beer. Right on. Also, wanna what's your name? I'll remember. I'll write it down. Hannah eh? Brazier in Paris. Hannah, all right. Paris, I'm, Texas. I'm writing it down. Shoot. Also, um, Kristen Clark. Kristen Clark, who served the beer at the Applebee's, which is the only place in town in Paris, Texas, apparently, because that's where everybody's at, you know, eat, eating and drinking. So, Kristen Clark, another cool chick. She said something really funny to me. She said, I said, hey, you know, one day I might just marry a country girl. And she goes, well, you better get used to rough feet. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> so, a whole new meaning to the phrase "dirty white girl feet." I uh, know, Charlie, man. I never even thought of that. Hey, I'll, I'll take it anyway. So, thanks to uh, <laughs> Kristen and I mean, and you, know, Hannah, what, you know, women are, are beautiful, all forms and colors and sizes and rough or not. <laughs> <laughs> I like them a little rough at the edges. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Real cool people. Wanted to say hello. Thanks so much for your hospitality in Texas. You guys never fail me. Never, ever fail me. So thank you so much. And thanks to Express Cuts because the shout-outs are brought to you by Express Cuts. So get your hair pimped at Express Cuts, 10420 Laura Souza Road uh, in the city of El Monte. You can call for an appointment or walk in. But if you want to call, 626-448-1931. Shout para Express Cuts. I'll call you Why can't we be friends? Anyway, talk about friends. One of our friends of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Danger. <laughs> One of the friends of Jose of, and, and Angel. <laughs> One of the friends Hose, of Hose. Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Is, 
the ambassador of the Sunset Strip, rock and roller, um, and awesome dude, uh, and the creator and of Feed America now.org. Mr. Willie Bass is on the phone with us. Hey, Willie, can you hear us? Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Willie? Thanks so much for getting on the phone with us. We really appreciate it. Cool to hear your voice. Hey, where are you, Willie? <laughs> I'm driving. Right on. You're rocking America? Yeah, we're headed to Seattle. I'm uh, just about to pick up my guitar player, Patrick Abate. From Italy, uh, and we're headed out to Seattle tonight. Tell us about that. What you're going to Seattle as part of your benefit tour to benefit uh, 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 America? Tell us about that. Tell our listeners about that. Well, we're we're doing concerts to end hunger in America, in okay. North America, because there's two connect two shows in Canada. Well, wow. so, uh, you know, we're headed up to Seattle. We're going to Tacoma. Um, Portland, Oregon, over in Idaho, through Kansas, Salt Lake City, Colorado, into the Midwest. We got some shows in Chicago, Springfield, Illinois, up in St. Paul, Minnesota, over in the Philly, Akron, Ohio. That's fantastic. So right now, what's your first gig? It's in Seattle, you said. First gig is in Seattle. Where? What, what's the venue? Uh, it is called Studio 7. Get time and date for our listeners in Seattle. Studio 7 is um, Thursday, December the 1st. It's in Seattle, Washington. You know, Seattle, and Washington. We're working, working, working with a food bank there, um, a local food bank. I, I forget the name, but, um, yeah, if you uh, go online, you can check all of that out. It's uh, feedamerica-now.org. Hey, so, so if I bring some beans and tortillas, do I get in free or what? Dude, beans and tortillas would, would definitely work. <laughs> and I'm in free. I rock for free with frijoles y tortillas. Hey, Willie, tell the tell our listeners how it works. How is how is your concert benefiting? Uh, uh, how does it get to the people that need it? Well, basically, um, we've cut out the middleman, and uh, you know, by in by that uh, Feed America. Dash now dot org is just me and my daughter. Wow, fantastic! Uh, uh-huh. We don't have to go through any red tape. There's no overhead. There's no administrators. There's none of that. So when it's they just straight meet meet to the people. So are you telling people to come in? Are they going to pay a fee that goes towards hung, uh, feeding the hungry, or do they bring food? How does that work? Well, what we'd like to do is uh, we'd like to see people bring canned goods, and they get a discount admission to the concerts. But you can also go online at feedamericanow.org and hit the big blue donate button, and uh, the money goes straight to the food banks. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Willie Bass himself. If you're in the Seattle area, you got to head down to that show because not only is it going to be benefiting people, but it's going to rock. And please, go to feedamerica-now.org. You don't, you could be anywhere in the world and help the cause. And pick up his kick-ass CD. Uh, you're listening to that track right now, Break Away, which was produced by some vato that worked with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Andy eh? Johns. Hey, listen, Willie, thanks so much for being with us. We're going to check in with you throughout the tour, and uh, we wish you much luck, man. Cool. I want you to remember my guitar player is Patrick Abate from Italy. Right on. And uh, he's like, he's a virtuoso guitar player from Italy. I love him. 
Is he is he a mafio? Uh, he's, you said he's a, a guitar mafioso from Italy. Amen. <laughs> hey, I'm very happy to hear from you, ladies and ge- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Willie Bass. Thanks so much, Willie. We'll talk to you later, man. All right, love, much love. <laughs> Bye now. Take care, Holmes. Bye. Yeah, that's Willie Bass, man. Hold on, let it play a little. The man's got a voice. Willie Bass uh, is the man. And you know what? He's got a golden heart. Please go go to his... If you can't make it to the show, go to the website at feedamerica-now.org. It is a season for giving. But Washington, you're next. You're going to get robbed. (laughs) Anyway, so now that we're done with uh, with, uh, Willie Bass, it's time for our very own... Jonesy with her current events. events. Man, I'm, I'm, I have issues to talking. Hey, Jonesy, how are you? Good. How about you guys? Fantastic. A little frog in your throat, baby? Just hey, bro, grab me. I'm sorry. You're good. I'm talking to Jonesy. Uh, grab me another pair of headphones. Okay. Do your thing. Jonesy, let's hear. Now, how have you been? How was your two weeks? Fantastic. Thanksgiving, Black Friday, you know. Now you you work in the retail industry. How was Black Friday to you? It was just like any other day, just busy. I mean, for the most part, we were nobody got it. pepper sprayed there. I wish. I mean, I was quote. You were I, hoping you, you they guys were. can quote me as saying, "Gosh, I hope something happens today to make this." More no, fun. you didn't say that. You were like, "God, I hope someone gets tased." <laughs> but you say that I all mean, the yeah, time. Yeah, that would be a whole lot more fun. But I mean, yeah, it was pretty. Pretty basic, pretty normal at our job. Just like I said, crazy tons of people. Right. And I mean, I really wish I could have seen like a mob of people and people, tr- well, not trampling, maybe trampling and like somebody get pepper sprayed. Just go on YouTube. <laughs> but it's not the same. It's like, I'm going to watch the ride on YouTube. It's not like being on a roller coaster ride. You know, you got to be there, see it. So, so, um, uh, you had how was Thanksgiving? I could say how it was Thanksgiving. I know because I was there. It was great. But let our listeners know what Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was like for you. Thanksgiving was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. I mean, just family, friends, food, food, drink. I still have food. Mm, awesome. I'm still eating food. Now, what was and now every I'm still eating food. <laughs> I, I worry about asking this question because we don't want to, you know, pimp where you work, but we can ask what was the hot item. Oh my at gosh. your at your retail location where you worked on Black Friday. There were two items. Oh, there were three. Okay, a Dewalt drill. The what? A Dewalt drill that was like a hundred dollars. Dewalt drill. Yeah. They sell those at Hallmark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this miniature ladder that was like I don't know ten twenty dollars. A miniature de- let miniature. Yeah, I mean it's not like for, a for huge midgets. One. I mean, no. You know what I mean? It's not a huge, like, climbing on the roof ladder. A step ladder. I apologize. A step ladder. Oh, a step ladder. Okay. Not a miniature ladder. It was miniature compared to the other ones. (laughs) And this heater. A heater. One of those patio heaters, you know? You Mm -hmm. hook a propane tank up to it, and it heats the house. It's a patio. Yeah, we need a heater here. Well, let me tell you. Those things are sold out in all of California. No. The nearest store that has patio heaters... Is Las Vegas. And wow. I have people calling me like, do you guys pay for free shipping from Las Vegas to your store? I'm like, <laughs> what are you no. Crazy? I like my stock to go up. Please pay full price shipping. <laughs> so, hey, dude, what day is it today? The November 29th? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're in the garage, eh? 
you know, I mean, we like to kick it outside all, all year long. We don't, it doesn't get that cold, pero I estamos, you know. Hey, you know, Ter- <laughs> Terry Wynn from Nebraska chimes in on Facebook saying, hey, that was the same big item at Ace Hardware, the DeWalt. Uh-huh. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. It's not Ace Hardware. It's not, but it, it's it's Hallmark. Didn't you hear me? Hallmark, yes. So um, he says we have we sound like we have a sore throat. That's Jonesy. I'm, that's I'm, me. I'm cool. I'm sorry, sorry, but go ahead, go ahead. Yes, but that's that. But Thanksgiving was pretty awesome, like I said. It was awesome, and we we uh, we are really uh, really thankful to have since we're on the topic. We're really thankful to have our listeners uh, tuning in um, every Tuesday. So thank you for tuning in. Anyway, yes. So let's go. What's what? What are we starting with for your current events? Okay. I've got to take it out of the country. Oh. I, I don't always find really good stories from out of the country, okay. although I know that a lot of them are weird. My favorite was the Australian flood. Oh, yeah. That one was really good. <laughs> or the girl with the Sweet 16. The Australian flood with the... Were, were they? The, the, oh, the Sweet 16. They got a lot of people that came. That, oh, was, yeah. one, <laughs> yeah, that was in Australia, too. But the Australian flood where they floated on the um, inflatable the, on doll. The inflatable doll. They <laughs> saved somebody's life. <laughs> Holding on to an inflatable doll. A couple at that. A couple. So let's hear, what, what, what country are we talking about? We are going to South Korea. Now, wow. I didn't wow. think anything cool came out of South Korea. Okay, um, before we do. Kamsamida. Uh, Kamsamida. Before we do, uh, let's let our listeners know that you can call in any time at 626-275-TWIN. 626-275-TWIN. And, uh, and give us a chat uh, or comment on anything that we're talking about. Also, you can comment on our Facebook at Twin Talk Show. Post on our wall. But uh, we're going to... Korea, like the Koreans say, they don't say Korea, they say Korea, because uh, Jonesy has some current events from Korea. I thought you were talking in like Spanish, like correr. I'm like, where am I running to? No, Are they coming? They say Korea. Okay, so in Korea, uh-huh. um, there's a new restaurant, okay? And basically, they marketed this restaurant, which is called Mis Kantan... Happy restaurant. Just say happy restaurant. Or happy family restaurant. That's right. All Asian food restaurants have to start with happy something. We'll call it happy man. If it was a nail place, it would be happy star. Happy nails. Or actually, let's call it happy woman. Because this restaurant is basically dubbing themselves Hooters for Women. Whoa. Oh, this restaurant, Kay, is basically they hire men who they don't say they hire just for looks. They hire men who exemplify energy oh, and man? masculinity. Oh, and it's for women. It's all the decorations inside are like a construction um, construction site. Oh, so it's the opposite. It's Hooters for women. You know what it sounds like? But then it's not Hooters. Guys don't have Hooters it's like Hooters for women. So, so what do you what, what kind of. Uh... Uh, I don't know. Roto Rooters? Aardvark? <laughs> Aardvarks? <laughs> so, construction theme. The guys wear hard hats. They're all mostly young guys in their 20s. And the South Korea, in South Korea, people are known for not really being patient. And, you know, they don't wait in line. for. They're not going to wait in 30-minute lines. This restaurant has hour-long lines for people to get in and get seated. Um Instead of getting a table number, you get a construction hat with a number on it. Like, oh, just all everything. So the girls, uh, the so, girls are just in there basically googling, <laughs> oogling all these guys. And before you leave, you can help decorate their what? wall by writing any type of note to the 
servers on the wall and they stick them on the walls so i could be i could write a note that says hey hot stuff will you marry me and stick it right on the wall and that's the decorations in this restaurant is that so. a schlong or are you happy to see me <laughs> they write it on a, a while to get that. They write it on a doily or in a thong. <laughs> they throw their bras up there and just write it on that, you know. Oh my gosh. I don't know, dude. Uh, what's the theme song song there? They have a theme thong? I'm I'm sure it's um <laughs> I want to say village people, but then that wouldn't work. But wow. it kind of would work. It would have to be like macho man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Village people's macho man. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and when did this start? Does it say when? I, I did not say when it start uh, when it opened, but basically, um, when it comes to all of their information getting out, it's all word of mouth. They've relied on social networks, which is the way to go nowadays with young people. Social networks, of course, um, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and word of mouth, and that's how this restaurant has become what they are. So, wow. I can't wait till one comes to LA. It'll be here eventually. <laughs> Here's a theme song. You're kidding. <laughs> you would go? She oh, does yeah, look excited. You should see her. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, um, I, ha- I hear it coming. I could tell it's coming. I know. Hey, well, it's Hooters is fun. Well, I, mean, I mean, the I menu isn't Hooters. all that. I go to Hooters too. It's just. It's not fun. all that. They got a good selection of beer, and it's skanky, but it's. Uh, no, you know what? What does it say? What is it? It's ska- skanky? No, hey, not skanky. Hooters has been putting single moms through college for years. Okay, okay but the food sucks. <laughs> yeah, but the beer is good. <laughs> this is why I'm saying. <laughs> you know what though? Hooters sucks. Okay, <laughs> for one thing, okay, let's let's get over the fact. Let's get over the fact that the food sucks. Okay. The the desserts suck. The worst. I don't know why people like the wings there. They're the worst tasting wings there. They have some good jello shots. But shops. the but the whole novelty of it is the are the chicks, right? I tell you what, you can go to any diner and see better chicks. <laughs> the melons are not, good. <laughs> not. There's a problem that the girls. If you work at Hooters, I you guys are cool, but. I applied at Hooters and I didn't even get an interview. Can I? <laughs> hey, that sucks, man. You know, here's the deal. What I have to say about about Hooters is this: the food sucks, but the women aren't showing anything. Even they even wear I those shorts that have stockings. Right, and the stockings are like pretty thick. Like, yeah, very thick, nude like colored, five inch right, right, socks. Right, right, right. What's the point? It's. You can go to other restaurants that don't have a Hooters dress code and see some cleavage. They don't even show cleavage in the things called Hooters. I mean, that's it's, a, just, it's a brand. Eh? That is uh, a. That's uh, a great marketing plan, uh, brand. <laughs> I don't know. It, it works. It is. It is uh, advertise. What is it? A false advertisement. That's all I got to say. <laughs> false advertising. Anyway, <laughs> back. No, to it. it'd be false advertising if it was Hooters, but it was guys. But the guys should be that's Hooters. false advertising. Hooters. Because <laughs> it has to do with plumbing, and, uh, <laughs> right? Thank you, Mike. What is it, Mike? The smell good plumber? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Just, just, just <laughs> make sure you cover that butt crack. Oh, Rooters, where no, we not at that restaurant. You know they probably have it hanging out <laughs> on purpose. Okay, so what's okay. next? <laughs> We're gonna go down to Arizona. Okay, Arizona. The Scottsdale Gun Club. Have you guys heard about this? No, I've been to Scottsdale. You can take your kids. Love Scottsdale for pictures with Santa, and while you're having a picture with getting your picture with Santa taken, your kids can hold machine guns. Nice. What? Where? In at, Scottsdale, at the mall? Arizona, at the Scottsdale oh, at the... Gun Club. And basically, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I got some audio of that place. <laughs> <It happened. laughs> 
Yeah. So you could sit on Santa's lap with an M16 on you. Basically. Um, it's... <laughs> obviously, it's a gun club, and they are so, you know, pro your right to have it, to bear arms, uh-huh. which, hey, it's a constitutional right. We're all for it. Second hey, Amendment, hey, baby. Although, hey, dude, the... the, uh, the uh, the, the guy in the Santa suit? Is it Charlton Heston, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Tell us about the gun club with um, Santa. Charlton Heston, eh? He didn't I love get it. it. I love it. Yeah. NRA. Moses, yeah. NRA. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I mean, I, I just think it's crazy. I, I understand they're, you know, they're gun affectionatas. But really, I mean, who would let their kid why not? pose with an M60 why, why not? or why not? an M249, an M240? These are belt-fed machine guns. Like, have, here, let me. Can I hold the bullets? Like, why not? Why not? If you if you have it's because the dad needs someone to hold the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Here's what I have. Here, listen. We we need to teach. Listen, I'm not a gun person myself. I don't own a gun, but and but I don't want to begrudge someone if they want the to have the you know, exercise their right to own a gun or to even teach their kids about gun because the neat, the good thing about it is you take away the mystique and if you own a gun at home, they're less likely to want to like, oh, and play with it. Those if you have a gun in shot a... up Columbine, we're pretty good with their guns because yeah. they, you know, I'm not saying that's all kids. I'm not saying all kids right. raised in it, but it's just one of those things. Like if you're fascinated by guns or you're, you know, you're, but you take away the fascination. Hey, if, you're, hey, if you're fascinated by guns and you must be fascinated with some guy in a red suit that they call Santa. What? I mean, <laughs> really? No, here's what I got. Let me take it back one step. Why, you why take, is this guy in a red suit called Santa? Take who's Santa? Take the fascination. <laughs> if you talk about the fascination of guns, right? Take away that fascination. Like the kid who who at least they have Santa. When your kid wants to play with, <laughs> if your kid, if you keep your kid from playing with your toolbox, he's going to always want to pull out that that cardboard cutter or that 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 screwdriver. Let him hold it. Let him play with it. Take away the fascination, and therefore take away at least some of the danger of them wanting to play with it and maybe. Uh, Somebody. I get it. That's why they put kids on Santa's lap to take away the fascination of <laughs> old guys in red suits. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why jo- Tony Hart says it's- that Jose was mad because his kids saw Cars 2 and there was shootouts. What was I mad about? <laughs> I mean, I was mad about that, absolutely. But what does this have to do with guns? I got that's no problem. Good, that's a good point. He's got a good I've, point. And, and then Lulu, <laughs> you didn't let your kids go watch that movie because of that. Lulu chimed in and says, and right now he's okay with guns. I am okay with guns. I'm not saying you let your kid shoot a gun. But, but you would let your kid hold like. My, but it all has to be age appropriate. If your kid's, you know, two, three, four years old is one thing. But if you got a kid who's grade school and a little bit more understanding, then perhaps, yeah, I got okay, no problem with do that. Do you think. Do you think the members of the gun club, okay, let's say you're a member of the gun club. We're all members of the gun clubs, and we all have kids, and we're NRA. all going to take our kids to, or of this gun club, the Scottsdale okay. Gun Club. We're all going to take our kids to take pictures with Sienna because that's, you know, those are our friends. That's what we're bringing our but kids But you don't around. have to choose to have them pose with guns. I, I understand okay? that, but like I was saying, if you're around it all the time, if you're going to a meeting and your husband's going to a meeting, your wife's going to a meeting, your kids are going to the meeting, even if they are two, three, or four. You know, it is exposing kids. Yeah. Isn't, uh, isn't guns used for hunting? Yeah. A lot of parents in the Midwest and, the, and stuff, they take the, the fathers. That's why take... they're all crazy in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got friends in the Midwest. They take their, their kids hunting. <clears throat> You know, I got no, I have no problem with that. <laughs> That's why all the best states come from the Midwest. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> the best dates for my story. Oh, there goes Santa. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Well, well, all I know is that to our listeners who are chiming in to try to get me in a conflict, I am not contradicting <laughs> myself. I think the the right to bear arms is okay. I think that if you want to take the fascination about guns away from kids as used, you know, util- in a utilitarian way, for instance, for for hunting, whatever, that's fine. But when you take when you rate a film that is rated G, and you're taking your kids that watch Tommy or what is it, Thomas the Train, to go see their their favorite Lightning McQueen be shot at and exploded. And the verbiage is, I want to kill Lightning McQueen, then that's not a rated G film. That's all I got to say. So if they would have rated it PG, would you have taken it? No, because I don't oh, take okay. my kids, my, my sons are too young for PG films. So no. That's because of the rating. What? I mean, you use the rating. Yes, the rating should be, and, and typically, if, and, the, if and a, based a, on the way you've gauged it, what you view, yes. and the rating, it kind of coincides with what you would consider PG. I don't understand your question. It works for you, <laughs> right? I don't understand your question. <laughs> PG works for you, right? Basically, what you just said, what he, what he's saying is, you just said your kids cannot see PG movies, only G movies. But Cars Two was a G movie. Yes, and it so was. So now in, you it, are interpreting the rating into I, your own liking. I, is what he's no. This is what Angel. But what I'm saying I, is, I think I, that's what I was saying. What I'm saying is that it was improperly. <laughs> yeah, right. What I'm saying just, is that it was improperly. Was, it was improperly rated. That's what I'm saying. I even called MPAA oh. to, to. I wanted them. I, I called them ad nauseum and sent them emails because I wanted them to talk. I wanted <laughs> them laugh, on our show. Right? <laughs> I wanted them on our show, but I really think it was a political thing. It was a Disney film, and Disney's a very powerful uh, uh, studio, and um, and I don't think they wanted to do to to, to, I'll to tell you what, show for that reason. We'll, we'll call David and and Cordell, and we'll, I, uh, out of thisuniverse.com, I think we and we'll ask them. Oh well, yeah. I think we should. <laughs> what makes a G movie? That's a good question. If you guys are listening, call you know six two six two seven five twenty. Any of our listeners, that's eight nine four six. This is what I gotta say. Any listeners with young children um, who went to go see Cars two, is it your opinion that it was appropriate for a child who's two, maybe three years old, and is typically watching Thomas the Train or Dinosaur Train? Or uh, things like that. Please call us at six two six two seven five twin. All right, move on to. The hey, next. Norma Iniguez over in Pomona. Iniguez, Iniguez. But you know who you are, Mija. I'm glad you're listening, eh? All right, go on. What, what do we have next here? Okay, we're gonna go up to Seattle, Washington. All right, our second favorite, uh, our second highest listenership in Seattle, Washington. Okay, so there was an elderly man who went into Sears in Seattle, what's Washington. The, hey, what's the first? L.A. is the biggest city that listens to us right now. The biggest city that listens to no, us. No, the the highest listenership okay. is Los Angeles. Uh, as long as, <laughs> as long as like you know, some little city isn't the biggest city, uh, like Paris, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I love Paris, Texas. Well, of course, Texas. they love us here in L.A. Go for it. Back man. in Seattle, what's Sorry, going on? So there was an elderly man who has been unnamed. They won't release his name for public um, publicity reasons and yada yada yada. All that red tape. Basically, he. Blah, blah, blah. 60 years ago, he stole 20 to $30 from a register. He can't even remember if it was exactly 20 or $30. Uh-huh. So he went into Sears today <laughs> to hand deliver an envelope with the 30 or $20 plus interest. Wow, that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic. That just was a round of applause. But it was only $100. That's but, not correct interest when you like count inflation and all that stuff. Um, it was a bit off. 
Well, you know, because I think if you're giving the money back, it could charge whatever interest you want, eh? Or right, none. Right, Chale, that's man. a good point. My brother makes a good Chale. point. Yeah. Well, they tell them, hey, that's not fair market value, Holmes. We're serious. <laughs> you can't it. fuck think with us. In, in 1940, $20 was worth a whole lot more than $100. Do you remember the time we were at Kmart and, I, and my daughter found $20? Yeah, but the, the, no, think about the, the actual depreciation back then. It wasn't uh, it wasn't back then, go like, I mean, it, it was back then. What, what year was it? 1940. Okay, it was still backed with something precious. Uh, and now now it's what fiat, fiat money. So actually, if you really think, it, count that into consideration. So, but the whole, so but, <laughs> but Charlie Mass, here shouldn't ask for nothing. No, no, so they're lucky the they money, got their money, and they're back. actually going to use the money for, I guess, the holidays. They're going to use it for to sponsor family. Which I mean, they should have gave story. him a gift certificate. Hey, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he already you know? stole the here money. <laughs> But he gave it back. Here's what, what if I he said. used that money and bought a winning lottery ticket and made $5 million? Oh, but that that's the likelihood right. of that. Come on. Here's the deal. <laughs> I, I do that all the time. You know, like I go to Vegas and they say, I, I have a friend. He gave me 20 bucks to go, hey, go on the, on the table and put it on red. Here's the deal. I said, okay. So I put 20 on one and 20 on the other. And I'm like, oh, that was my 20. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I got to say. I think it's cool. I'm, it glad, my 20 that I'm glad the man had the, uh, you know, he felt the, the uh, not guilt, but the, the duty to give back. I think he felt guilt. And, and, and he did it. You know what? I understand that because I remember when I was in high school, I stole a book from the library in the oh, high school. We've heard this story. I love this. Story. And <laughs> here's the deal. Big, I'm and a you big, kept it. I'm a big, here's a big Stephen King. I'm a, inside. I'm a big Stephen King fan. And in my sophomore year, I used to read a lot. And I was out of book. And I went to the library to read a, to find a book, and I found a book by a, by an uh, called The Long Walk, and it looked interesting. And it was by an author named Richard Bachman, and I thought it was a fantastic book. Loved it, loved it so much that I, when I returned it, I prompt and they checked it back in, in the library. I promptly stole it back because I wanted <laughs> to keep it in my collection, but I was <laughs> feeling so guilty the following. Years in high school. How'd you get it out of the library? I put it in my sh- pants, dude, under my shirt. <laughs> I don't recommend this, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, I <laughs> they felt- have cameras in I libraries be- nowadays. I, I mean, fe- I heard this story, but I just still can't believe. I felt that you me laugh. did that. <laughs> I felt so guilty that when I was a senior in high school, before I graduated, I felt my duty to sneak it back into the rack and put it back in. You snuck it. You didn't go to no. the library and say, "I stole this no, book because and I'm I was turning it." I was afraid of getting busted. <laughs> I stole. I snuck a thing or two in Iraq before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was very ashamed. I returned it back in there. Turns out that after high school, Stephen King came out and said that he had written five books under the name Richard the Bachman. Turns out that it was a Stephen King book, and that was a collectible because they were out of print. It. And I wanted to get it back, and I, of course I couldn't. And I ran into my friend Albert Gonzalo Rodriguez. He and I used to swap books. And he said, I told him that story. And he stole it after you. He has it. <laughs> we have a call. <laughs> we have a call. Let's see who it is. You're live on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Who is this? This is Cordell from the Cineverse. Oh, it's Cordell from the Cineverse. <laughs> All right, Cordell. Thanks for calling in. Cordell Chrisman from the Cineverse.com. That's C-I-N-E-V-E-R-S-E.com. Go to our webpage and click on their link. They are the geniuses of, t- of film. Okay, Cordell, are you calling us about our my uh, my disdain over the G rating of cars? I, I think I should be the one to describe it. Yes. Yes, I am. I heard terrible things uh, that you did not like Cars 2. Uh-huh. Um, and actually, you actually have a very valid point as to why you don't like it. Um, 
I agree with you. I don't think it should have been rated G. It should have been rated PG because yes. of the language they use and the message they sent with the language. You're absolutely right. In G movies, there should, there should be no kill, murder, and that all that kind of nonsense. Exactly. Um, especially it's such, such a heavy... A heavy, um, you know, uh, important on that on that sort of thing. You know, um, I absolutely agree with you. Well, let let me just let me just say, Cordell, that I thought it was a fantastic film, but not rated G. I thought the animation was great; it was really cool. But I don't, I, I it's not a G-rated film. I wish I'd seen that movie. Now you saw? Did you see it at the movie? <laughs> I assume you saw it at the movie theater, of course. Uh, not one of those mm-hmm, high mm-hmm. high end falutin uh, private screenings. Um, <laughs> were you as as you, not, yeah. as the story unfolded and you saw the the way uh, it, it it turned out and played out? Did you feel like I did appalled at all the families holding small children in that theater? Well, yeah, like that's the thing with G rated movies. Like especially when anything anytime Disney puts something out, people automatically assume, oh, I can take my five or my six year to this. Um, and actually, that's not the case. Um, some movies, especially these days, um, I've been, people have been very generous with these with these G ratings, mm-hmm. and they really shouldn't. Um, I agree with you that Car- Cars Two was a great movie. However, I don't think I would have taken my five or four year old to see this movie because it's not the message I want to send at that young age. You know, and- um, there are other things out there that I feel could better suit that. You know, like I said, you get like eight, nine, ten year olds. That that's a little better. They can like understand the right and wrong. But like, I wouldn't put you know a four year old or a five year old into a theater like that. Ladies and but gentlemen, kind of I am I am vindicated by none other than the geniuses from the cineverse.com. Hey, they're cool guys, so I, I'm going to give that to you. I'm not going to argue with Cordell. <laughs> Listen, Cordell, thank I'll you so you much for him. calling in. I promise you, folks, I didn't pay him to do this. Uh, Cordell, uh, before we he let did you, not. he did not. <laughs> before we let you go, we should let you pimp whatever's going on in the cineverse. For our oh yeah. Um, well, we just got our episode of Hugo. We saw Hugo this this weekend. Our episode's up on universe dot com. Um, and this weekend we will be reviewing uh, William Shakespeare's um, oh. new, new take on a movie, um, Coriolanus, awesome. starring Ray Fiennes and Gerard Butler. Awesome. Also, look out, we're doing MI4 when it comes out. We're also doing Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So we got a couple of good movies lined up for you guys. Where do they find you? They find us at www.thecineverse.com. Okay. Uh, thecineverse.com. Cordell, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Look forward to having you guys here again soon. Have a good night. No problem. You guys take it easy. All right. So now one more thing. Um, um, uh, one more thing. Um, let's see. Uh, we had Espiritu Mente chime in also on Facebook. She says, I didn't let my kids watch Cars 2 because I heard what Jose said. Since they are girls, it was easy to avoid it. Oh, well, thank you, wow. Spiritu. Listen, you what know a what? Nice thing to say, I am not girl. saying to people do not watch the film because it is a good film, but it's not age appropriate to G rating. So what I did, I took my older daughter, who's 17. She and I screened it first. Uh, because I saw the previews, I was so surprised, and it, yeah, it turned out to be what it was. I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna hit up my homie. He has, he usually does a public pirate DVD screenings. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josie, when I patch, <laughs> yeah, you know him. Uh. <laughs> so, Josie, what do you have Go to say? Me, huh? Um, I didn't hit the stupid state of the week. Mm. Yeah, we're still on you, babe. We're still on oh, you. We're, we're still on. Of course, still on, baby. We have can, plenty of time. I cannot believe we have I plenty forgot of time. Conrad Murray. Oh, how could I forget? Well, let's talk about it. You know what? Uh, what I've got to say. <laughs> what? Uh, um, that's pretty stupid. That's real stupid. <laughs> uh, the big news of the day is, of course, let's hear it. 
He was guilty. We already knew that. <laughs> Wait, but got, how much time did they give him? He got sentenced today, which I'm I I'm not gonna say I'm so excited because you know it's it's a sad case in the end. But he got the maximum, which was four years in an in an LA County jail. And the judge actually said that he is not going to give him probation. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure in two years he can appeal it, but I'm sure he won't get it then either. Well, he killed Michael Jackson. My, he was, as you all know, he was charged with. Uh, the uh, involuntary manslaughter of the king of pop, Michael Jackson. And um, um, I got to say, his defense was horrible. His defense yes. team was horrible. Not only did they did, did he get convicted uh, indisputably, but now he was sentenced to the maximum, yeah. which is four. But I got to tell you, I was covering it, and I was listening to the, the judge. He, oh, I have a quote. Let's hear it. He just was amazing. Superior Judge Michael Pastor was quoted as saying, he, uh, Conrad Murray has no sense of remorse. He is and remains a dangerous man. And Dr. Murray is so reckless that I believe he is a danger to the community. Okay. That is amazing. He was very mean. And he went on for like 15 minutes. The was, judge. Was it the same judge that saw the case? Yes. Yes, of course. Mm. Now, here's a response to that. I shot an interview with Flanagan, the defense lawyer who sucked. Even he was talking <laughs> almost badly about Conrad what? Murray. No, this is what he said. They asked him, do you think that Conrad Murray, Dr. Conrad Murray, is as described by the judge, a dangerous person? And he very sarcastically looked at us and said, oh yeah, I thought that any moment my client was going to jump out of his seat, run out of the courtroom, and stab you with a needle, run, <laughs> run down to the press and the crowds outside and start stabbing people with a syringe full of propofol. That's not even funny. That's what he said? Dripping with He said that on, on the interview? On the interview. Oh, are you going to use it? Uh, they did use it, but I tell you what. I want to see that. I tell you what. <laughs> he was, um, um, I got to tell you, it was an amazing thing. He was such a bad, they were a bad team because they really, he sucked. But on the other hand, the, uh, the, the DA was very intent of making Dr. Conrad Murray an example yes. of because so many artists are being enabled and dying but by their doctors. The district attorney, I actually read something that he said, and I, I can't quote it exactly, but he basically said, you know, Conrad Murray came to our country. He worked 14 years to become a doctor to get to where he is. And, you know, that that's what we want. Our country, we want people to come and to dedicate their time to become what they, you know, aspire for their dreams. Sure. But basically... In there, he broke so many laws, you know, giving Michael Jackson what he wanted and all those drugs, whatever. But he said in the end, he will go he'll go to jail and he'll never be a doctor again. Mm -hmm. And when he leaves jail, he could be a Walmart greeter. He could be, um, you know, change tires. But it does not matter because of his choices. He will always be the man responsible for killing. Michael. It was greed. But he's going to be rich. He did it for the money. But now he did it for the money. The trial is how rich he's going to be. The trial isn't over. There's still a restitution uh, uh, case going to go on because he's being uh, the prosecution is asking that he pay restitution. Institution to the estate of Michael Jackson yes. and the to, to the tune of over a million dollars. They haven't they haven't released the exact restitution to the family. Um, he's well, got eight hundred restitution to the court, three thirty dollar court fee, forty dollar criminal okay, conviction. Okay, I heard that. What pisses me off about that is if I go for they a ticket, charge him forty dollars. Yeah, if I go for a ticket, if you get convicted. If, if, okay. He got the. We're talking. We're still talking, Conrad. Okay, Murray. we're talking court assessment fees. When yes. you go to court and you have a ticket, like a fifty dollars ticket, it's three hundred percent. All right, this guy killed Michael right. Jackson. Right. He pays a forty dollars. You know what? Though, I know. think about it. 
he's only has 800 restitution to the court. This guy is going to be liable for civil suits from the family right. and um, restitution from the court, which, like you said, he's going to be paying millions of dollars mm-hmm. in restitution. And then once he gets out, you know, they're going to turn around and sue him. Once he writes a book or gets a movie or whatever, they're going to turn around and sue him and they're going to take that money. But what's going to happen is it's going to be the, the O.J. Simpson thing all over again. Yeah. He's not, they're not going to be able to get the Just money. Just let it go away. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the money. Okay. So, lastly... I've got the stupid state of the week. You hear that? It's on that piece of paper. The stupid state of the week. <laughs> oh, you're still on paper? Well, yeah. this is internet radio, babe. <laughs> go ahead. You're, yeah. All the best writers still use paper. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Got to keep it basic. What state is it, ladies and gentlemen? Although I know that Texas never fails Jose. I love Texas. The, Texas, go for it. It has definitely failed Joe Pressel. Joe Pressel? Yes. Joe Pressel, who is a um, telecommunications manager in Houston, Texas, okay? Okay. 36 years old. He's dating this girl. Didn't say how long they've been dating. I would assume it's been a, it was a long time. They lived together, whatever, okay? Mm-hmm. The girl had fertility issues, which he said he never thought about having a family to begin with. He's got a great job. He's still pretty young, fairly young, okay? Never wanted kids. She had fertility issues, and she could only use a certain kind of condom when they had intercourse. Okay, what kind of condom? It, Which it one is state. it? It didn't say. Just let me finish. The Obama condom? Because that kills it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wee, 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 wee. Three months after Joe Pressel and his, and his girlfriend break up, Joe gets a receipt from the Advanced Fertility Center of Texas. Whoa. Basically saying that he was um, the receipt for his payment for him being a donor. No, not a donor. Somebody who goes in and buys sperm, I guess. You know, a sperm. It's a fertility clinic. So client. Somebody, a client. Somebody that they use. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Blame it on the meds. Um. So he gets the receipt and he's like, "Oh, okay. Whatever. It wasn't me. Maybe they just got my name. You know, whatever. Maybe somebody used a fake name. You okay. never know." Uh huh. Nine months later. His girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, has twins. Uh, oh. What? She bought it. She was saving the sperm from the condoms uh-uh. and took it to the fertility clinic and basically impregnated herself with his sperm that she stole. Are they still together? That's real stupid. No. This, and all, she did it for this th- all started three months after... You know, she went that to the clinic three months after. Up. And they is broke he paying? Up. Did he go after her? I mean, did she, she go after him? She went for... to court. That is wrong. Sued him for child wrong. support. Wrong. And won. Wrong. Oh. And he was sued. Basically, she is getting child support and the home that they lived in. So I'm thinking it was a longer relationship. They lived in a home together. Um, and she won. Basically, after paternity test proves the twins were his. Hey, uh. flush it down the toilet, eh? <laughs> Get yeah, rid of it. Dude, let me tell you, that's what's <laughs> messed up about that system. Because, listen, when it comes to child support, whatever, uh, or if a woman wants to, let's talk about abortion. If a woman wants to have an abortion, she has a right in this country to have an abortion yes. without the father of the child saying anything. Yet, if the father and the girl have, like in this situation, that's a worst case scenario, but if she decides to have a kid, he has no say so. And now I understand, I'm not saying bail on your kids. Don't get me wrong. So you how- need to take care of your kids. But if, but if a woman has a choice to whether or not to have a, a baby, shouldn't the father have a say so as well? I if think so. If he wants so. to support it or not. 
No, whether to have the he baby or not. Kid or not. Let's say the. I know, I know, I know. But in this case, the kid's there now. It, it's two. So the kids, so really, twins. How many? How much time later was but, this? Well, three months after they broke up is when he got the receipt. So obviously, you know that had to be going on within the three months that they broke up. You would assume sperm only has a shelf life of women, like dude. But day. you know what? Pretty They're still cool. his kids. You know. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm take not care saying of that. Kids. Of course, take care of the kids. I'm just saying that. I honestly, in my opinion. I think that's kidnapping because it, <laughs> okay. think about it. Think okay, about it. that is in a sense. If 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 there are um, people who are pro life, hey, you stole my swimmers. I'm not saying I'm pro life or against it or for it or anything. But what I'm saying, if there are people who are pro life who say that once an egg or a sperm meets an egg, it's a person, then basically she stole his sperm. She stole his children. Well, it's if a woman kidnapping, right? You know what? Hey, what about the doctor? She didn't yes. Think- you know? They're they they're under a lot of um. If I was if I the was the, that, the, the dad, I'd go over there and talk to them. Yes. Say, hey, you guys, you got that's a lawsuit. This. That's it, a major lawsuit. It's gonna lawsuit. be a major lawsuit. Um, I I think in the end he's probably gonna end up with the children. That's a precedent setting lawsuit. There, I think he's there. gonna end up with the children in the end. Um, I will definitely keep up on this one. You know what? Keep the guy's name. <laughs> I want to call him for our next show. <laughs> I want to have him on our air. I think it'd be let's have them both on the air. Huh? The mother and the father. Can we hear the twins screaming in the background? <laughs> Future twin talk listeners. Wait, <laughs> 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 That's true. <laughs> so, um, so that is uh, pretty. Definitely stupid. the stupid. That's state. real stupid. So, the stupid state of the week. So there's a couple of stupids on that, eh? You know, stupid chick. A stupid vato, man, for leaving his swimmers behind. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, again, like I said. Um, well, a man needs to have a right when it comes to some of these things. And to, women have too much power in this country. But unfor- for, unfortunately for the women, they don't realize it. And fortunately for the men, <laughs> they don't realize it. So, uh, Josie. Yes. Uh, are you talking to your mama over no, there? No, not at all. She was just commenting on my Tudor story, <laughs> as it's been named. And I'm like, Tudors, what? Tudor. Weren't they like some... You mean Hooters? Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> oh, the Korean Hooters. So um, th- I guess that's it, right? That's, that's our- it. Thank, thank you, baby. Thank you so Anytime. much. That was a good one. That was the best stupid state I've heard, I think, because it, it hit close to home, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't think Grandma stole you guys. No. Don't ever say that. <laughs> no, man, but that could happen to anyone, eh? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jonesy with her stupid state of the week and current events. All right. Shoo! So, Angel, so uh, well, now we have our next guest. Uh, um, is uh, Our next Pam, guest Pam. is Pam Larry. She's the initial instigator of the Label GMO Foods California Ballot Initiative. I have a problem with instigator. Instigator? Yeah. she <laughs> Founder? Yeah. Well, she's the founder of LabelGMOs.org. The co-author. Which, uh, well, we'll ask her. We'll ask her uh, what... What, I don't that's think all about? Okay, go ahead. Give her the give the introduction so people know what is GMO, ladies and gentlemen. What is what do you want me to do? Introduce no. Or what is people, GMO? We want. What are you talking about? What We're is the GMO about initiative? Genetic modified uh, organism foods. A lot of the foods that we are eating now, we, we're not even aware that they are genetically modified uh, for whatever reason, uh, and but it's not labeled. So uh, Pam Larry, she is the founder of Label GMOs. Dot O-R-G. Uh, it's a, a part of a grassroots organization uh, a committee for the right to know. Okay. And, uh, okay. and she's part and uh, uh, initial instigator of the California ballot to label GMO foods. 
So, uh, Pam, are you there? I am. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Hi, this is Angel. And, um, and this is Jose from Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Uh, th- Hi. Thanks for calling in. I know you've been really busy uh, since since this all started. Why don't you tell us uh, the California ballot initiative uh, was uh, was in, was initiated just this month, but this grassroots uh, or, uh, organization started when? And hello, hello, can you hear us, Pam? Hello, oh, we just lost Pam. Houston, we have a problem. Hello, Pam. I think we lost Pam. There you are, Pam. We hear you now. Are you there? Uh, Pam, hello. She was there a second ago. She, I heard her say, shoot. <laughs> okay, are you there? Yeah, we hear yes. you now. Pam, real quick. Okay, my bro- so my, my bro- Go ahead. Did you hear his question? I did. So how did it get started? Um, so it, can you hear me still? Yes. 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 Tell, tell us what what when did this get started, the uh, label... Uh, GMOs.org, uh, and, yeah. and why? Okay, wh- why? Okay, so um, it started with me, and um, what happened was I had been uh, studying this stuff for quite a while, six, seven years, and getting increasingly upset and depressed about it, mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, got, last year this time I was actually pretty, like, catatonic, actually, uh, kind of wondering about, you know, feeling really powerless, like we didn't have any choice in the world, you know, we were being fed these things and didn't even have the right to to know what was in our foods, whereas 50 different countries around the the world label their genetically engineered stuff. And um, so I, you know, didn't know what to do, figured there was nothing I could do because I'm just a grandma from Chico, California, (laughs) Northern California, a little bit further north than Sacramento. Yeah, I can, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was uh, one one morning. I was in a hotel room in San Francisco in that kind of hover state you're in, right when you're waking up, and it just kind of came to me. It's like, all right, then you know, because I'm lying there, and then the GMO issue starts coming in because I was so upset about it. It was I was pretty obsessed, and uh, it just came to me to to get an initiative on the ballot to get genetically engineered foods labeled, you know, so that the people of California could do it because. You know, we've been trying to get legislation through our legislators on federal and state level, all you know, all across the state. There's like 14 different, uh, you know, uh, legislative efforts going on. There was one in California, you know, in 2008, and again in 2010, you know, and they, they don't go anywhere. You know, there's been in the federal government, Pam, there's been something fully bullied since this 1999. Is, Pam, this is Jose from Twin Talk. Um, why, yeah. why, should, why should we care? Why should anybody care whether or not? Yeah. Why do people care? Well, okay, well, first of all, they're changing things at a molecular level. Uh, and before they started doing this, the FDA, many FDA scientists were very concerned because of the increased possibility for allergies okay. and toxicity. Um, and since then, there have been a number of studies done on animals which have pointed to exactly that, increased allergies, increased toxicity, but the scariest part for me is is that there's absolutely no long-term testing on humans that has been done. So here we are. We're all being part of a big, big experiment mm-hmm. with, with a technology that uh, is only tested by the industry that has a fiscal interest in the outcome of the studies. Is it? Is and it, every time there's this, pardon me? Is it that rampant, though? I mean, is it, or is it just, you know, the, the soybeans? 
just soybeans. There are five major crops. Corn is one of the big ones. As you know, corn is in just about everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Cotton for the cotton seed. Soy. Canola oil is pretty much all genetically engineered because of the contamination. Um, and then there are sugar beets. And there are uh, alfalfa. Um, now they've deregulated alfalfa. So all of the uh, animals that we you know, that people eat uh, animals that are raised in factory farms. They're, um, you know, they're eating genetically engineered stuff, and now even the grass-fed ones are getting genetically engineered stuff. Wow. Also, zucchini um, and crookneck squash, about 17% of the, that so, is genetically so lo- engineered. So a lot of foods yeah. are being affected. So, well, not, well, not really yet. I mean, when you think about all the foods that are out there, it's just those five biggies, those grains and oils, and then three other foods, papaya, and zucchini and crookneck squash. Okay, uh, and uh, Pam. So, so there's obviously um, some uh, health implications here that we don't know about, and some that that we even suspect. Uh, but what about mm-hmm. what about the uh, the 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 uh, uh, as far as the uh, monopolization, if you will, of our food supply? Um, mm-hmm. what, what is, uh, is, is this ballot also to, to try to, you know, um, uh, balance out, if you will, the, uh, market share between, you know, the large companies and then, you know, um, the, uh, the rest of, uh, the rest of us. <laughs> well, the, 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 the initiative, um, is to label genetically engineered foods uh-huh. and to provide consumers with a choice to buy them or not as they as they see fit, because unless the foods are labeled, mm-hmm. we don't know what we're eating. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about informed consumer choice superseding the right, you know, corporate rights to a non-transparent profit. With, so, uh, you uh, know, but, and, and then we just let the market go where it will. But, you know, the intent is, is to get them labeled so that we have to is that, is that happening anywhere else in the world? Yeah, there are 50 different countries around the world that label their genetically engineered foods. Or, or they've been banned as well, one or the other. And, and uh, there aren't, they aren't banned in too many places, but they, um, you know, California, uh, four counties in the state of California banned the growing of genetically engineered crops, Mendocino, Marin, Trinity, and Santa Cruz. But that doesn't but mean it's not... This has nothing a, to do with a ban. Right, but This that, is not about a ban. Okay, yeah. okay, got you. Uh, uh, Pam, so... You know, obviously, this has some pretty uh, 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 impl- you know, serious implications health-wise. Well, why are you so passionate about it? What? Why? What? What was the thing that just said, "Hey, you know, I'm"? Uh, did it affect you health-wise? Do, is there people that you know? Well, what I saw was, you know, again, we don't know, and the studies are, you know, studies in animals are indicating problems with fertility. Mm-hmm. They're indicating problems with allergies. Um, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, my personal journey was, you know, about health implications, but uh, very much about, you know, outrage at, you know, consumers' rights, you know, to choose. Mm-hmm. So that was a part of it, and just feeling like, um, you know, that we weren't we weren't being given the choice, you know, and that we have that right in this country, supposedly. Okay. Um, so that was part of it. There were other things that I was depressed about, that, you know, there were issues around the genetically engineered issues, but that's not what this initiative is about, and so there's really no point in talking about them. This is basically you know, for my personal journey. Yeah, the California Right to Know Genetically Engineered Food Act. 
So we have yes. the right to know, and uh, and 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 it's important because we are California. What do they call California, Jose? The, the state, the swing state, this, whatever you call it. If California <laughs> passes this, then chances are the you know the other states or some of the other states will follow suit. Uh, so that it's very important. So, what um, what exactly, or not exactly, in a nutshell, what is a California ballot uh, um, uh, going to require? And um, and where can they find more information? Sure. So um, what it will require is that any food that contains those uh, foods that I've mentioned that are on a list of genetically engineered foods that are on the market, because although I can you can name just about every food, there are hundreds of them that have been genetically engineered, but that doesn't mean they're for sale in the United States. But any food that has been deregulated and is on the market in California will have to have a very clear and distinct label that says contains genetically engineered stuff and then it will, you know, foods or ingredients. And then it will have to list the foods that are genetically engineered. So, for instance, you might see, you know, genetically engineered corn, genetically engineered soy, genetically engineered canola oil. So that's what will have to happen. Pam, so how far along are you with this initiative? Is it a viable one at this mm-hmm. point? It, it, well, it's, we handed it in to the Attorney General on November 9th, which was just a couple weeks ago now. And we are, in fact, I am in Carmel right now. We just got done with a signature gathering uh, training. We are gearing up to get the signatures. How, um, ma- how, many, very- how many signatures do we need and by when? Well, we have um, we have to get uh, five hundred and fifty thousand to qualify for the ballot. So we have to make sure we have that many that are real signatures. You know, because a lot of times people make mistakes or you know put a PO box or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're shooting to get about eight hundred thousand signatures, and we're going to start the first week in January, and we have until mid-April. There will be a mix of uh, paid and volunteer. Uh, just because we've got to make sure we got to get it on the ballot. But every volunteer signature we have makes it so that we are able to get, you know, that much more media coverage next year for the campaign, because that'll be really important to counter the very loud voice of our opposition. And where, where could they find this information? Sure. They can go to labelgmos.org, and the, that's the official grassroots page. That's the, the website I started. And, um, you know, we've got uh, leaders in, like, God, we've got over 110 leaders throughout the state organizing their communities. Um, there are tons of them down in L.A. Uh, different regions have different area leaders. They're doing things like getting out there and showing movies. And uh, some people in Pasadena had an inspection statement station where they, you know, wore little fake outfits and, you know, uniforms and asked people if they wanted them to inspect their stuff they had just gotten at the grocery store. That was fun. Or going to a farmer's market and sitting at a table and talking with people and educating their communities because this is about us looking in each other's eyes and letting each other know what's really going on with our food. Yeah, we need to know. I mean, <laughs> Charlie, man. Um, well, thank you it's very much. the future. <laughs> yeah, it's our future. Yeah, Pam, Larry. Uh, thank you very much for calling us in here at uh, Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Uh, will you guys? Will you call us back and give us some more information as it uh, happens? <laughs> I'd be really happy to do that to keep you guys updated because this is really exciting. I mean, there's so much going on with Occupy and everything. Uh-huh. This has everything that Occupy is about. 
Orale, I knew we'd go there. I knew we'd go there. It totally, I knew it absolutely does. <laughs> it absolutely does. We have a right to, to, to eat what we want to eat or not. Otherwise, you're going to end up occupying the bathroom a lot. <laughs> or the doctors. Uh, Pam, thank you so much for being on our show. We you really bet. appreciate it. Uh, much luck you to bet. you and the cause, and uh, we'll, we hope to hear from you soon. That, okay, uh, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody, again, www.labelgmos.org. There is a copy of the uh, ballot initiative that was submitted. It, submitted. <laughs> Submitted it uh, uh, right there. It's a PDF file. Just find it on their website and, you know, read it for yourself and let's get this thing. You know, you we know, have a right to know. And You know, I chale. listened to this whole thing and it's pretty, it's a good cause. But like the one thing that kept like sitting on my mind is I'm just a bill and I'm sitting <laughs> up on Capitol Schoolhouse Hill. Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Did you ever think we'd be so close to something like that? You know, that's so funny because I have thought about that already. That's how it was like. That's how I'm understanding it. She's like, no, we've got it here. We just need so many more signatures. And I'm like, I'm just a <laughs> Those are fantastic. Real quick, on a side note, uh, I know uh, we're going to introduce uh, our, our musical break. But uh, right now, uh, all over Twitter on the Occupy LA thing, it looks like there is a, uh, a so-called evic- eviction impending. Uh, Twitter is uh, Occupy LA is tweeting that uh, that uh, uh, NBC has reported that the LAPD is bringing in buses and setting up a uh, um, staging area at Dodger Stadium where they're going to book uh, all these people. Uh, really? In the parking lot, and it looks like uh, <laughs> a lot of people are tweeting um, one another. On are they going to give away bobbleheads while they do it? Or what? <laughs> Wonder who's it be? Who's Dodger who's, Stadium? Whose bobblehead would it be at Dodger <laughs> Stadium as you get booked for occupying the freaking lawn at the uh, City Hall? <laughs> you know what I got to say? It's about freaking time. Anyway, <laughs> hey, yeah, it, introduce the song. Let's bro. go to our musical break. Our musical break today is uh, uh, a song by uh, Rob Herring. He is a graduate of. Tisch School of the Arts in New York University and currently studying in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Integrative. Integrative Nutrition. It's a health awareness song, and 50% of the proceeds go to the Institute for Responsible Technology to help raise awareness for GMOs. So if you guys like the song, I'll tell you where to find it. Here it is. Tuesday it's is Wednesday. Listen to Twin Question Talk What's Inside at 7 p.m. She's prepared just right But that can be hard to find And I know That not everyone is into this as I am But hopefully once in a while You're buying from organic sources Oh sure it may cost just a bit more But it's all for The future of the world and the farms we need What do you think your children are gonna eat When all the food is owned by one company Once they patent it Every single seed I'm not making this up You can look this stuff up But don't pull out your smartphone so soon Can't you wait till the end of the tune All those seeds are modified genetically It'd be nice if we tested them for safety Before we start ingesting them thrice daily But this doesn't seem to be a priority Yet I see the seeds of disease Getting deeper and creeping above my knees It's freezing, no reason to keep from food 
if I had the last word, I'd warn you of all the hazards. But these bastards are mastered, getting lost past faster. Before the evidence is explored and not after. So science stays hidden and we're given a disaster. But if enough folks can uncover this hoax, we might be able to expose the dangers of GMOs. And who knows, if we reverse the flow of this trend, it might send them a message, help it come to an end. So help us all out and read about this stuff. And we might just stand a chance to stand up to the man. Where we can all raise our hands and demand some answers. And when we call the bluff enough, they will be peeing in their pantsuits. Cause not one study proves this stuff's safe. And it pains me to face the fact that we won't be able to trace anything back. Because the labels will lack the fact that it's not actually what it claims to be. Well, my taste the same to the layman, you see. Don't you dare say amen for what you will partake in. Or thank God for the blessing because the mess in which you it's made in. A laboratory by a human, your dinner's fake, man. Your body, quit relying on the liars who are smiling from the money. Fatten up the wallets from the processed foodaholics. Profits keep up from speaking about the products making all of us sick. The shit, and I'm sick of the games. I'm sick of the freaking fake signs and fraudulent claims. I wanna shake it all up, cause surely there's no team or any kind of machine that's really keeping food clean. Cause I don't consider it clean with artificial crap in my food. And while I'm rapping at you, please don't crap in my food. Cause that would be rude, but ain't it rude to exclude? Genetic engineering from the labels of your food? Could he be talking about how is it I never found out the GMOs are all around? Cause they don't make a sound. No, they don't come to your town and say, Listen, people, this will drop your jaw to the ground. Wait till you hear about what's in the food's DNA. If you don't take action to change, the chain reaction remains. And if we don't demand labels here in the USA, it won't be superpowers that we get when we mutate. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Shoo, that was Question What's Inside by Rob Herring. And uh, 50% of the proceeds, uh, if you choose to, you know, if you like the song, you can go to www.rob-herring.com. That is R-O-B-H-E-R-R-I-N-G.com. Uh, 50% of the proceeds go to the Institute for Responsible... 
something for GMO <laughs> awareness. Real quick, before we go to our next guest, I want to answer a question. Marisol chimes in on Facebook asking, uh, Jose, I thought the media was briefed by the LAPD not to tweet anything about the eviction. Apparently... What happened, this was a retweet by Occupy LA. Now, I'm going to say that um, the veracity of, that, of those tweets are not tested. I'm just repeating what Occupy LA is saying because uh, when, when I went, when I've, as I've gone over there to cover things, they get panicky and stuff like that. But there is something going on because they're tweeting photographs. The uh, police are, are getting together. And I happen to know that uh, the media is ramping up as well. Okay, so now let's go back to our show. Um, <laughs> Now our guest. Okay. <laughs> you know? I mean, hey, today... There you go. <laughs> today we're very fortunate to have the uh, director-producer of Vanishing the Bees, Miriam Hanane. Manish- Vanishing of the Bees. Vanishing of the Bees. <laughs> Uh, she's been a producer for BBC uh, Discovery uh, Channel, uh, did a piece on the Exxon Valdez and her most uh, current project, The Vanishing of the Bees. Please welcome Miriam Hinane to our show. Miriam, hi, this is Angel. Are you there? Yes, hi, Angel. Good evening. And, hi. My, and my brother, Jose. Hi, <laughs> hi, Miriam. Thanks for holding. I appreciate you being on our show very much. Um, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> Miriam, can can I call you Queen B? <laughs> you know, I, I saw I, I was very fortunate to see your uh, this documentary, uh, "Vanishing the Bees," and uh, you, I'm allergic to bees, but had suddenly became very, uh, how would I say it, Res- it respectful to the bee. Um, uh, and that's a good point, Miriam. Before we continue and talk about your documentary, can we just ask? What is so important about the bee? Why do we? Why should we care whether or not the bees vanish? Oh, well, first I just want to correct the title of my film is "Vanishing of the Bees." Thank you very much. Sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, bees are uh, responsible for one in every three bites of the food that we eat. They pollinate everything from avocados to zucchini. Um, so apples, blueberries, onions, cherries, um, broccoli. So they're very, very important. They're um, considered to be um, environmental indicators. So if something is wrong with honeybees, something is wrong with our society. How how did you get involved, Miriam? I mean, did you like like uh, like the apple fell on, on, on Benjamin Franklin? Did a bee sting no, you uh, or it was, what? It was it was huh? Newton. The, the, well, the something apple. like something like that. Um, <laughs> I I wanted to. Uh, I know. I knew that I wanted to make a, a film, um, um, documentary, and George and I, my co-director, were um, discussing different, you know, different ideas. And it was 2007, and the honeybees started disappearing. And, and um, George thought it would make a good film, and I uh, started doing some research. And then a couple of days later, um, bees uh, literally started flying into my life. Interesting. No, and and uh, that's pretty awesome. And you're talking uh, your co-director um, George Langworthy, who that's been credited to uh, HBO, PBS, the Canal Channel, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. That's Canal Plus. Canal Plus. That's what I <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, uh, tell us about the the. There's a couple of main characters on your show on this this uh, very compelling and very beautiful, I must say, documentary because it's it's done very well. 
uh, a couple of bee farmers that uh, started to notice the uh, collapse of the bees. Um, yeah, what is the name of that phenomenon? It's colony collapse disorder. Interesting. And tell us about those two um, apiaries or those two uh, bee farmers. Uh, tell us about those that, that are on the film. You mean the beekeepers, David Hackenberg and Dave Mendez, are the main characters in our uh, film, and we follow them. They're, they have commercial operations, and uh, they have succumbed to colony collapse disorder uh, over the years. What does a beekeeper do? I mean, what is the importance of a beekeeper? Well, there's different types of beekeepers. There's um, hobbyists uh, that just uh, keep bees as a passion, and then there's uh, commercial operations that uh, are responsible for pollinating um, several of the crops in the United States. It used to be that uh, you can keep uh, bees and, and make, make a living off of honey, but these days it's not... It's not uh, possible. And uh, um, what these two—it's pretty awesome. This 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 uh, documentary. What what these two beekeepers did? They started they uh, to communicate within the beekeeper community worldwide, and they found that this was a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, and it's something that is—it's brought on by what we do. It's something envi- uh, not necessarily natural. Uh, uh, is that correct, Miriam? Yeah, what, what are the theories behind uh, the uh, collapse of the colonies, uh, bee colonies? The theories of why bees are dying? Yes. Well, according to our film and to almost five years of research, we believe that at the root are a new type of pesticide. There are systemic pesticides that um, honey honeybees take, take the systemic... Systemic pesticides work their way into the plant. They're enrobed in the seed or entrenched in the soil so that the actual plant has pesticides in it and then the honeybees take that back to the hive in the form of nectar or pollen and store it in in the hive and then when it gets cold or their stores get low uh, then it affects um, the future generations it impairs their neurotoxins that impair the bees' um, navigational capabilities and uh, learning abilities. You know, the real mystery to me as I so, watch the documentary... So they make a right instead of a left on the way back home, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but the mystery, a real mystery to me was the fact that there are no, there seems to be no traces of perhaps dead bees. Why, uh, why is that? Well, uh, honeybees, um, they leave, they just vanish. Yes, that's the mystery that, that there's no... Uh, they, they bodies left behind. They flew by to Arizona. <laughs> oh, God. No, um, <laughs> uh, Miriam, and I thought what was really cool is the the narrator, uh, Ellen Page, Juno's Ellen Page. How did you how did you make that happen? How, uh, how did you uh, uh, you get Ellen Page, a well known actress, uh, on your awesome project? Uh, George and I wanted to um, have an actress with, with a name in order to appeal to the mainstream and um, to the to the youth. And there were several different actresses that we considered and that were interested. Mm-hmm. And um, but we wanted to go with Ellen Page because um, she's very well read, very intelligent, and 
actually knew a lot about the bee disappearances, and it spoke to her heart. And uh, I had I had a friend who um, asked for a copy of the movie and uh, showed it. He didn't tell me uh, who he was going to show it to, and he showed it to his friend, uh, who's Leonardo DiCaprio, and and Leo saw it as well as his mom, and they were on the set of Inception, and. Uh, uh-huh. Someone, someone on the set killed a, a honeybee, and and Ellen was pissed off and oh. <laughs> wow. gave him gave him a schooling. And then um, yeah. um, Leonardo suggested that Ellen meet our mutual friend Peter, and uh-huh. uh, then Peter introduced the project to her, and she was interested in in marrying awesome. it. And she's uh, uh from what I understand, uh, she is uh, very involved. Actually, she's uh, studies in some university in with. And with regards to sustainable living and and is um, uh, environmental friendly or conscious, if you will, uh, um, and that and brings me to the thing, the uh, obviously the uh, environmentally conscious uh, 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 community has embraced this uh, movie and and are holding uh, screenings uh, nationwide and even worldwide. Uh, I think today there's a screening in the Philippines. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There is. So how does that make you feel, like the queen bee? <laughs> um, no, I'm more humble than that. Yeah, um, or bumble. Uh, <laughs> or bumble. Yeah, I'm, I'm, people tease me and call me. Well, my nickname is like Bee Girl, but uh, I'm thrilled that the film is, uh, you know, we've worked extremely hard, and I'm thrilled that the message is getting out there and that people are learning about their food source, and, and there's it's... Um, it's infinite. There's still so much outreach that we can do, and uh, so much consciousness that we can raise. So, uh, where, where do people find your film? People can go to um, www.vanishingbees.com, and uh, they can see our film. They can um, get the film there. They can go to our Facebook page, Vanishing of the Bees. We encourage people to join our hive. Um, Whoa. Encourage people to- <laughs> Uh-huh. To, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Miriam Hinane, which is H E N E I N, and we're always posting store- stories about food security and food safety and nutrition and honeybees and um, awesome. just eco-friendly stories. And what do you wor- what what do you got in the works now? Well, we just put together a thirty-minute version for schools. Uh, that comes with a study guide that was created by the same person who put the study guide together for um, Food Inc. And I'm also working on my memoir called Of Bees and Men. And I'm starting a new company called uh, Honey Colony, which is um, the tagline is where hive and health cross-pollinate. And it's a a company that uh, is very involved with social media and endorses nutritional supplements. Well, Miriam, thank you so much for being on our show and telling us a little bit, enlightening us a little bit about the uh, the uh, vanishing of the bees. I caught it on Netflix, so if anybody is interested, you can catch it on Netflix. Uh, thank you so much. And one last word before we let you go. Oh, one last word from yeah, me. Yes, from you. <laughs> well, I just encourage people to um, know where their food is coming from, eat organic, and... Um, Check out the film and spread the buzz. <laughs> All right. Miriam Hinane, thank you so much for being with us on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night.
So there you go. It's it's a it's a food themed show today, ladies and gentlemen. As I stuff my face with chocolate covered almonds. I, th- I think it's pretty awesome. I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was actually uh, introduced to this uh, documentary by my girl Lulu. Hi, baby. And uh, I was very uh, very impressed and touched <laughs> and moved. And you know, I've been uh, I am allergic to bees, and so right. I have I have a respect for bees. I've I haven't been stung since I was 11 years old. So, but we cohabitate peacefully for the last I don't know how many years. Uh, <laughs> I had one land on me recently, and it really scared the heck out of me. So, but but, but please uh, uh, take the moment and check out that uh, that documentary. It's gonna give you a new appreciation for. Mother Nature. Our uh, Native American friend, um, I know him as Bill Rice. Uh, his name is Hutch Folk Show. I'm sorry I can't pronounce it, Bill. But he states stress in- that bees are a stress indicator species. Frogs in the amphibious world, canaries in mines. Stress? Yeah, stress indicator species. Like that makes frogs sense. in the amphibious world and canaries in mines. And he says all Indian elders know these things. Indeed, indeed. That makes sense. You know, when I go hiking up the mountain here, you know, I go hiking pretty regularly in the summertime is when they're, you know, uh, in the middle of the day or, you know, depending on how hot it is, is when they're more active. Uh, So you don't want to go hiking if you don't want to get stung uh, when it's hot because, you know. That seems pretty stressful to me, eh? And you don't want to go hiking in City Hall of Los Angeles right now because Occupy is being evicted. Anyways, Espiritu Mente says, um, could the bees, she asks, could the bees disappearing have anything to do with the GMOs? That's what. Uh, that's a good question, Espiritu Mente. Uh, Miriam Hanane did indeed uh, mention uh, uh, one uh, uh, one of the possible oh, no, here comes. causes. Here it comes. Hold on. Is uh, uh, systemic pesticides, which which is actually here another comes. name for genetically modified organism, uh, meaning that here the systemic meaning the plant systematically is a pesticide. So it, it's not something that is sprayed Just on. Just say the bad word. Pesticide, say it. Genetically modified organism. Monsanto. GMO. Monsanto. I knew he'd go there. Well, you know, indeed, Monsanto is the uh, leading uh, corporation, guy, does that. corporation that's doing that and is monetizing uh, our food supply. Well, check it out. Go to Netflix and check it out if you guys want it. It's called The Vanishing of the Bees. Very interesting documentary. At the very least, very interesting documentary. Check it's it out. It's a beautiful documentary. Um, so listen, we... <laughs> documentary. Docu- <laughs> It's beautiful. Just check it out, all right? We'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge. Hug a twin today. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Kick back. And listen.
Occupy new thought, new language. Start from scratch. Connect to the true you in nature. Align your new thought to this truth and create. Check the language. Is it in the box? Some have, some don't, some should, some shouldn't. Money, intellectual rhetoric, and politics, but with a different spin? Then ask yourself, are you really aligned with nature? Nature does not want, reprimand, or rely on any percentages or political rule. Instead, she gives abundantly to all. She is an expression of the divine source, but not for exploitation of her resource. Or is she? It's up to you. Check the language. Albert Einstein said, We can't solve problems with the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. So, occupy new thought in nature, new language to create. Chill. One love. And that's another edition of Angels Chill Lounge. One of these days he's going to hit the ground. <laughs> that's my B version of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us again in Theo Lisa's Garage for edition of another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. And make sure that you tune in next week and the next. We're on every Tuesday at 7 p.m., but you can also listen to Pacific us. Pacific Standard Time, that is. But you can also listen to us on iTunes because we are iTwins. Just search for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Also go to TwinTalkCast.com. You can subscribe there or listen to any of our previous podcasts. And this show will be on rotation starting tonight at midnight along with some kick-ass musical tunes in between each show for the next few days. So check it out. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Uh, Jones, you want to say good night? Oh, what happened to your mic? There it is. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. All right, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Good night. Shoo! Twin Talk with Jose and Angel.